Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kia ora and welcome from RNZ National. Here's Our Changing World with me, Alison Balance. Do you ever stop to think about how noisy our lives have become? We're surrounded by traffic noise, the sound of TVs playing, and more and more, we're living with headphones on, listening to music or podcasts. Wyatt Page thinks about this a lot as he studies noise and its impact on our health, especially our hearing. I went to visit Wyatt at Massey University in Wellington, and on our way to his sound lab, he stopped to show me a public space which illustrates how well good acoustic design can change our sound environment. So we're just in the uh, corridor outside uh, the library at Massey University. It's a, it's a normal-looking corridor. You've got uh, carpet on the ground, but it's uh, a fairly hard-looking plastered ceiling onto the end. If I click my fingers... or There's lots of hard surfaces. Really, the only acoustic treatment's on the floor. We've got concrete, so pretty much the sound's just bouncing around. OK, so let's step into the library. One of the first things you might notice is that it sort of sounds like there's a blanket on your head. It's quite dampened. And now if I flick my, f- my fingers, the sound really doesn't really go very far. Even here, and we're in a large foyer into a library, and one of the things you probably know is about most libraries and things like that is they tend to be really noisy at the entrance. And when this was completed, and I wasn't involved with the acoustics of this, I walked into here and I went and I stopped and s- literally for several minutes just stood in this spot and said... Wow, that's really good. And and you look up and there's this big, thick acoustic blanket sitting on the ceiling. And the floor that looks like a hard floor is also an acoustic floor. Um, So there are some modern flooring that you'd normally put a vinyl down here, but this is actually an acoustic-treated floor as well under this. So what appears to be a hard, heavy-duty floor is also good acoustically. And the net result is this is a really quiet foyer. You come into here and first thing you feel is it feels relaxing. It makes the whole place a lot more enjoyable. And, of course, you can also have a lot of people people interacting in here and not have the sound levels rising substantially. Now that was good acoustic design in action. Now we're off to the sound lab, which is where Wyatt carries out his research. So one of the things about sound labs is you want to be able to isolate them from external sounds, uh, but you also want to be able to control how sound uh, bounces around within the space. So in this space, we've got acoustic panels on the walls that we can take down and put up and change the acoustics. So at the moment, we're in the space where we've got acoustic, a bunch of acoustic panels uh, that are all in a sort of mid-zone. They go from sort of about waist level to the top of your head, And they're all in the zone which, if you were playing back sound through a system, is where the speakers would sit in into there. And so we want to control the sound in that. But below that and above that, we've actually just got a normal plastered surface. Because if we put it over all the walls, this would just be totally and utterly dead. And that's not necessarily good for for sound reproduction and so forth. We've got an acoustic ceiling in, we've got an acoustic floor, but we've got these panels in that we can take off now. They're all up at the moment, and I'm just going to clap my hands. This is in the sort of middle of the region, and you can hear some bouncing up top, and perhaps down below there might not be much 
down there, you'll hear it's probably very little reverberation. I'm just going to drop all the panels off the walls, come back and repeat that, and so you'll just have a, hear a sense of difference between those two spaces. So we'll just quickly do that. So you've taken all of your Yeah, so we just dropped down. them down to the floor. We haven't actually taken them away. If we take them away, we've probably got to get a larger effect, but you can probably hear now that in this mid-region where I was previously clapping, the sound is really bouncing around. It's a relatively small room, so it doesn't take long for the sound to hit one wall, bounce back and give you that sort of echo. Uh, but putting those panels in that zone has a huge effect on reducing those uh, reflections. And that certainly in terms of reproduction, and this room's large around sound reproduction, uh, whether you're doing it to listen to bird call, we've done work where we've recorded uh, bird calls in Zealandia, uh, out there, Cory Wildlife Sanctuary, uh, there, and then had them played back in here so people who are specialists in bird calls could actually listen to them without having to be outside during that period and listen to you know who's talking to who and what's happening. And you can do that in that sort of, this sort of space when you've got control of the acoustics. Now, different frequencies have different effects and travel different distances, and I'm thinking the recent Guns N' Roses concert. I don't live that close to Westpac Stadium, but I could still hear the bass in yep. my house. Well, one, one of the things about sound, high-frequency sounds means that the, the wavelength, the distance between the vibrations and, and air are very small, and that means high-frequency sound you can absorb it very easily. These panels we've got on the wall here are pretty effective from very high frequencies probably to around about four or 500 hertz in frequency onto there, so they'll, they'll effectively attenuate, attenuate that. Unfortunately, low-frequency sounds have really long wavelengths onto there, uh, so that means the distance between the highs and lows, the pressure waves, is a long way apart. So at 20 hertz, the distance is actually 17 metres. So if you want to try and block sound like that, you need actually something that is at least those dimensions and size and also very solid. So you need something as a, as a barrier. So uh, if there's an opportunity for the sound to bounce off a surface and low-frequency sound will do it generally just as well as high-frequency sound, uh, then low-frequency sound will propagate uh, huge, huge distances along there. And if you've got, of course, um, other large reflective surfaces, if you've got a water body, water's great for reflecting sound. Uh, we've had a case where we've done measurements and there's been a concert on a peninsula or an island and people have complained across the other side because the water is just a perfect path if, if the air is stable, the water just simply reflects it and it'll go as if it was, you know, you were only a few hundred metres away from the concert. It can be in terms of those levels. So low frequency sound uh, propagates extremely well and it's very, very hard to attenuate. You just simply can't suck it up and, and remove it. And the other effect is if you're in a house and you're listening, the sound's external and you're in a house, uh, rooms themselves resonate. They're boxes, essentially, of, of fixed size and the, re the region in which they will resonate, so they'll essentially amplify the sound is in that low frequency region. So you can do measurements of sound outdoors and, and the, which has got a lot of frequency component and come inside and it's actually louder so the numbers are higher inside and that's because the sound energy can't escape. It's gone into the room, it bounces around and due to the dimensions of the room it resonates and it sounds louder. You know, It's like the example of if you took a guitar string and we just held it near and plucked it, there wouldn't be much in the way of sound. It's not till you put it on a box and you can resonate the air in that. And this is the same scenario. You've got sound coming into a space and you can have, often have particularly low frequencies. It's actually louder inside the space than it's outside the space because there's no ability for that sound energy to, to escape and it just bounces around and resonates. 
Now, I'd like you to introduce me to someone. She's sitting inside the room and her name is Grace. Right. Grace in front of us, unfortunately, can't talk. Um, part of that is she's actually a mannequin. But Grace has permanently a set of earbuds in her ears. So Grace is used to assist us when we're doing educational activities, when we're trying to educate people about noise, particularly for personal media players. Because one of the, the growing issues, certainly for uh, the current uh, Generation X and, and Y, has been they've grown up with the ability to listen to music all day, not needing to change the batteries and so forth. Whereas in my day, you know, a Walkman, uh, you had a C60 tape that would give you, six, you know, 60 minutes of play, and then you're lucky if the batteries lasted that. So there was just no ability to listen for long periods. You know, the event of the iPod changed that, and so now you could literally listen 24-7 if you were so inclined. So we use this as a teacher. Now we have a second set of earphones. So what we do is we get whoever comes in and say, OK, pull up your favourite track on whatever your devices, iPhone, Android, whatever, plug these in, set them at your comfortable listening level, and then we swap them over to the same ones that Grace has. Now, Grace has, essentially in her head, um, some atomically correct uh, ear canals with some microphones at the end of them. So we're actually measuring it as if it was the sound level at your eardrums uh, inside the ear. And so we can literally compare that to the occupational levels and say, you know, are you listening at an excessive level? Or more importantly, how long could you listen to at this level before you would exceed this occupational Occupational criteria. So that's eight hours. So that's 85 dB, eight hours is what you're allowed to do. And and so what that means is if for every three decibels that that goes up, you have to halve the sound. So if you go from 85 to 88 dB, it's only four hours. If you go to 91 dB, it's only two hours. And so very quickly as that level goes up, the time shortens. It halves each time you go up by three decibels. So we had last year during our open day, we had one student, and we always ask for volunteers saying, you know, would you like to see you know, what levels, and we make recommendations because we're in, a, as I say, a school of public health, and that's an important element of it. And so the, the three young women pointed at him to volunteer him, so we got him to get out his um, iPhone, I think it was, uh, he plugged in and, and we gave him the earphones. He set it at his level. And, of course, the first thing we noticed is we could hear it quite loudly before he did that. And he put them in. And then we swapped them to, to, to Grace. And we were astonished. I, you know, I looked at the numbers that we had on the sound level meter that we plug into the back. And um, I said to him, one track would be 100% exposure in terms of the occupational criteria. So he was listening, I think, at about a 106 or 107 decibels on there. So about a four or five minute track would be equivalent to 100% exposure. So that is the equivalent of 85 dB for eight hours. So at those levels, you know, that's, that's what it ended up to. So we, were, we said to him, look, you've probably already damaged your hearing. And, and part of the thing about doing that is re-educating people. They like the sound. Uh, it also helps them you know, isolate from the environment. And it probably gets worse for that guy if he went on a bus or on public transport where the background noise um, increases. And the first thing most people do is increase the volume, up the level onto the compensate for that. And that, of course, makes a huge effect. So you might be listening at a safe level normally. You go on public transport and you typically increase it between seven and nine decibels and so if you've increased it by by say nine decibels onto there then that's an eighth of the time you need to reduce the time exposure for an eighth so 
in what might have been a safe level during that, maybe that 45-minute bus ride, you've actually just had 100% exposure just because you've been listening to the music at a higher level. So we use, we use Grace, or Grace helps us to essentially educate people um, uh, about what are safe levels. And, and the biggest thing is that most people can actually listen at quieter levels. It's really that they've got used to it, and it's a personal preference. And making them aware that it is damaging their hearing, even though they don't see the effects yet, but perhaps in five or ten Ten years' time, they're going to have difficulty listening. And a colleague audiologist uh, uh, was at Wellington Hospital under there. You know, his biggest concern when he arrived was that there weren't be many patients. This is 15 years ago. His biggest concern now is that he's. We've got a group of people in their 40s who've got the hearing of 65-year-olds, and that's principally can be attributed to personal media player use. They're still doing, of course, going to their live music venues and all of those, which are also excessively noisy, I have to say. But you add to that that they are listening for extended periods without any quiet time. And it's the quiet time that matters because our hearing has the capability to recover. So you could go to a very loud you know, rock performance for a period, come back and your hearing feels a bit soft. But if you allow you know, 24 hours, maybe 48 hours of quiet time, your hearing will recover and your hearing thresholds will go back to normal. But if the first thing you do when you get home is put your earplugs in and your hearing's already dampened, you have to raise it up a level, then that just compounds it. You're damaging your hearing and it's permanent. We've got no ability to reverse it. And although hearing aids and hearing assistance devices have improved a lot over the years, they are no substitute for protecting your hearing. That was noise expert Wyatt Page from Massey University. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web. rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Ka kite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.